Good evening and welcome to this week's edition of Africa in Focus. Yes, we are giving you two for the price of one. So we've got obviously Ghana in Focus. Uh, and now we're giving you Africa in Focus as well because there's a lot of stuff going on around the continent of Africa uh, that you need to be aware of. So rather than me do a separate uh, podcast, uh, I'll, I might as well mix it with the Ghana in Focus. So, you know, one week you may get Ghana in focus and then you get African focus uh, another week. So we're going to see how this goes. So uh, obviously my name is uh, Kwame, Ghanaian journalist, broadcaster, podcaster and entrepreneur. And in this uh, first edition of Africa in focus, we're looking at the, the issue of Zimbabwe. Now, if you don't, maybe you're not aware, but Zimbabwe is now going to use gold to back its currency, yeah? So we're going to get more into this and we're going to see if it's a good idea uh, for Zimbabwe, why we're doing it and what could be the effects of Zimbabwe using gold as a backup for its currency. All right, but before we get into this week's podcast, uh, just to make you aware that uh, the show uh, is sponsored by Grow For Me Africa. Grow For Me Africa is a fantastic initiative that uh, uses venture capital and also sponsors to help Ghanaian farmers uh, grow food, okay? And when they grow food, they can feed themselves, their families, but more importantly, make Ghana a food secure, all right? Because obviously, as you may or may not be aware, there's obviously hype about food shortages in Africa because of the Russia-Ukraine war. So an initiative like Grow For Me is very, very good. Uh, that helps Ghanaian farmers uh, be able to produce food to grow for themselves and also for the Ghanaian market. So I'll leave the links where you can get uh, be a sponsor of Grow For Me. And if you mention Kwame, uh, that I gave you the link, that would also be helpful as well. So from tomorrow, the 25th of uh, July, Zimbabwe will officially use gold as a backup for its currency, the Zimbabwe dollar. So why is Zimbabwe doing this? Maybe you're not aware, but over the last 20 or so years, okay, because of sanctions that was imposed on Zimbabwe by the US, the European Union, Australia, and other Western countries, Zimbabwe has seen its country or seen its currency of a plunge and has also created hyperinflation. I think at one stage, Zimbabwe had hyperinflation of Something like 200-300%. Okay, so this is why Zimbabwe, they've gone through many things over the last 20 years. Hyperinflation, inflation, uh, trying to use the US dollar as a, as a backative. You know, it doesn't work. So now they're trying to use gold, and Zimbabwe has a lot of gold, to use as a backative for its currency, the Zimbabwe dollar. We've just seen a lot of um, devaluation because of the sanctions that has been imposed on it by Western nations. Now, why has the sanctions been put on Zimbabwe? Now, many of you know, may not be aware, but um, you know, when Mugabe, Robert Mugabe was president of Zimbabwe, uh, and Robert Mugabe may so rest in peace, he died uh, September 2019. You know, Mugabe was a very strong Pan-Africanist, and uh, he was part of the uh, Second Chemerengue, uh, which was the War of Independence between 1964 
1979. Uh, just to go back a bit before that, the first Chamarengue, that was when the uh, Shona and the Endebele, which, is the, which, which are the main peoples of what is Zimbabwe, they fought against the British imperialists like Cecil Rhodes, uh, who used trickery to steal the land of Zimbabwe because Zimbabwe, as I've said, very rich in gold and diamonds. So Cecil Rhodes was a, a, a British missionary, so-called you know, Word of God, who saw the riches of Zimbabwe during his mission to Zimbabwe as a missionary. And then because he saw his riches and was a greedy individual, he wanted that for himself. So what he did, he was able to trick the king of the Ndebele people, King Lubangula, to sign a contract that would hand over to Rhodes all the mineral concessions of you know, Shonaland and Matibiland, where they, where they go stuff from. And this house, the Rose was able to trick himself, trick his way into, you know, using his influence to steal the gold that is in Zimbabwe. And this was under the auspices of the crown of this country, of, of the UK, and also the company that he created called the British South Africa Company. Rose also became, later became Prime Minister of uh, South Africa. Uh, this was way, way before apartheid was instituted. But in actual fact, apartheid was actually created by Cecil Rhodes and the British, not the Dutch. The British, with Cecil Rhodes, were the ones that created apartheid, not just in South Africa, but the whole of South Africa, Zimbabwe, you know, uh, South Rhodesia, that, was, that they called Zambia, and others. But like I said, you know, the first Chemerengue, which was the War of Independence, was when the a, a British arch imperialist, Cecil Rhodes, stole, defeated the people of Zimbabwe by taking their land and also, as a result, taking their rich gold and diamonds. And so, fast forward to uh, the War of Independence, uh, Robert Mugabe, and, uh, you know, they, under ZANU, so um, Robert Mugabe was ZANU, and other freedom fighters in Zimbabwe included Joshua Nkomo, he was Zapu. So the two of them linked together and formed the African, you know, and, 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 and abroad, abroad the African alliance, yeah? But, you know, Mugabe was seen by the, by the British as being somebody that they, they, they could negotiate with because Mugabe was accommodating, whilst on the other hand, Joshua Nkomo, he wanted just the land. He didn't want to negotiate with the British. He wanted the land because, obviously, land is very important to the African psyche. And African well-being because all the resources is on the land. So the, the gold, the diamonds, the, the commodities, the food, etc. is on the land. And Nkomo understood the importance of land. But the British side landed him because Mugabe was seen as somebody that the British could do business with. Hence, you know, uh, the British who were losing the war of independence in Zimbabwe uh, hurried up to form this co-com plan that they called the Lancaster House of 1979. So in 1979, uh, the British invited, uh, you know, the Pan-African leaders to London to attend this conference at Lancaster House. To call long story short, uh, the British, under this agreement, said that they would provide a willing buyer, a willing seller program that would see eventually African land that was stolen by the British 
and people like Cecil Rose and the British South Africa Company given back to the Shona and Ndebele peoples of Zimbabwe. Okay? So Mugabe waited. Yeah, so this was a deal. Mugabe, he said, you know, the British, as per usual, broke the deal. They, they never honoured their, their, their promise of a willing buyer, willing seller agreement or arrangement. And Mugabe waited 20, 20 years, between 1979 and just, before, and just about 2000, in order to, you know, do something about the land issue in Zimbabwe. At the same time, Mugabe was also getting pressure from the war veterans, some of whom fought alongside Mugabe in that war of independence, which was for African land, for African people getting their land back from British colonial rule. And the war veterans told Mugabe that we didn't fight the second Chemerenge to lose our land. We fought the second Chemerenge to get our land back. So if we don't get our land back, we will do it ourselves. So this is what put pressure on Mugabe to basically take back the land using brute force in the year 2000 under his redistribution land effort. Okay? So the so-called white farmers, and you need to understand that the land that white farmers occupied in Zimbabwe was, like I said, stolen land from the British via Cecil Rhodes and other imperialists who stole the land from, from the Shona and, and the Billy people and under bogus uh, acts, like the Native a land act denied African people the right to their own land. And so, when Mugabe, under pressure from the war veterans, seized so-called white farmland under a program of distribution of land back to the African people. Now, this was an act. So when the African people had their land taken away by people like Sisabos, that was the act of war on the African people, particularly the Shona and, and, and the Edinburgh people. But you see, the European has a collective amnesia when it comes to history. They don't want to go back to history because they know that they are wrong and they understand and appreciate that the land that they occupied in Zimbabwe was stolen land by their white ancestors or primarily British ancestors. So Mugabe took the land back. He took what was rightfully his and his people's land. But... As you know, the, the British and the West didn't like this because it was audacious from Mugabe to take the land back that the white man had stolen from the Indibeli and Shili people in the first place. So when Mugabe stole the land, or we rather reclaimed the land back because the land is African land, Shona and Indibeli land, that was up the nose of the West, particularly Britain. And so Britain called together their European cousins, i.e. America, the European Union, uh, Australia, New Zealand, yeah, and Canada, and they imposed these sanctions on Zimbabwe. In America, under the Bush administration in 2002, this is when these sanctions were, were imposed on Zimbabwe. And then Britain followed suit, the European Union followed suit, Australia and Canada also followed suit, uh, by imposing draconian sanctions on Zimbabwe. Now, these sanctions included, you know, the fact that Zimbabwe is not able to borrow money from the international markets, that Zimbabwe is not allowed to export anything, that Zimbabwe is not allowed to get foreign currency. More importantly, Zimbabwe is not allowed to get, you know, to import things like medicines 
and other essential items that is needed to run the country of Zimbabwe. And so because of these sanctions, yeah, over 20 of the sanctions, and even though Mugabe has gone, these, still, these sanctions are still there. Obama, as president, carried the sanctions that were imposed by George Bush. After Obama went, Donald Trump carried on the sanctions, US sanctions on Zimbabwe, and actually said that the reason why they are carrying on these sanctions that were started by the Bush administration is, now check this, because Zimbabwe poses a unique threat. Listen to that. I repeat that again. The Trump administration at the time of continuing the sanctions against Zimbabwe said that its reason for doing so was that Zimbabwe presents a unique threat. Now, how does a country propose or oppose a unique threat? It poses a unique threat because the black man in Zimbabwe was getting his land back. That was taken, by the way, by Western imperial forces led by the British. And so, in the West's eye, how dare a black man take back what was rightfully his to begin with in the first place. So this is why these sanctions have been imposed on Zimbabwe over the past 20 years. And the current US President Joe Biden is also continuing those sanctions on Zimbabwe. Even though Mugabe, um, he died and was put in place, or was replaced rather, by uh, Emerson Manangagwa in that de facto coup in which got rid of Mugabe at the back end of 2018 that put Emerson Manangagwa in power. And so Emerson Manangagwa, you know, wants to build himself as like, you know, he's not Mugabe, you know, he's prepared to do business. And at Davos in 2019, before the pandemic, he was at Davos in 2019, trying to convince Western leaders and business people that he's not Mugabe and that Zimbabwe was open for business. But the caveat was to Manangagwa at Davos by the West and by also these businessmen, Western businessmen particularly, was that you need to give back all the land, not just some of the land, but all the land back to so-called white farmers. Yeah? And Manangagwa has not been able to do this because of the pressure that he would get from people like the war veterans who fought alongside Manangagwa and Mugabe in the second Chamberlain between 1964 and 1979. So, Manangagwa has tried to do many things, but unfortunately, he has not gone to his African brethren to, you know, seek financial support in order to help Zimbabwe out of the financial crisis that he finds himself in. And it's an anathema on the African Union and then also individual African governments that no African government has been able to come to Zimbabwe's help that will give Zimbabwe maybe a 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollar loan to help the country in the financial difficulties that is going on or that has been going in the last 20 years. And so this move now by Manangag, which is a quite interesting move to use gold, yeah, as a backative for the Zimbabwean dollar is a very smart move. It's something I should have done when he came in 2018, or what even Mugabe should have done, because the sanctions have baited the country, right, to the extent that, you know, the economy is basically on its knees. There's no mass hunger in Zimbabwe, because Zimbabwe is able to grow food, 
and most people in Zimbabwe live in rural areas where, whereby they're able to grow food. So despite the propaganda that you hear in the Western media, Zimbabwe have never been starving, never been short of food. And even the food that was grown by the so-called white farmers, most of that food was even exported to the West and very little of it remained in Zimbabwe. Yeah, So the white farmers were of no benefit to the total economy of Zimbabwe because most of their production was going outside of Zimbabwe and most of their earnings was going back into British banks who supported the white farmers. So it is a very good move by Manangagwa to use gold as a backup for the Zimbabwe dollar. So what that means is that if you want to do business with Zimbabwe, particularly the West, you've got to have gold reserves in order to do business with Zimbabwe. Yeah? So if you haven't, if you haven't got gold reserves or gold to back up Zimbabwe's uh, gold currency, because using gold to back up the currency, you won't be able to do business in Zimbabwe. And this is a very smart move, particularly, A, as the Western sanctions are trying to cripple Zimbabwe, but more importantly, it is important in the West versus Zimbabwe, because if the West wants to now do business with Zimbabwe, they've got to find somehow some gold reserves of their own to do business with Zimbabwe. So this is a very smart move from, from Manangagwa. And the long-term consequences of that is, is that if this is managed properly, if this gold bucketive to back up the Zimbabwe dollar is managed properly and managed prudently, it can actually help revitalize the economy of Zimbabwe because they could use gold. Yeah, so the gold that they're going to use to back up the Zimbabwe currency can be used to barter with other African countries, particularly now under the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement that started January last year. So even that, with that, Zimbabwe can now trade with its fellow African cousins rather than even trade with the West. Yeah, because uh, you know, the gold can be seen as a barter system. And African countries like Ghana, South Africa, etc., who have gold, can replicate that you know, barter system by how they do business with Zimbabwe. And also, those countries, you know, particularly those farmers, you know, those Western multinational companies who want to do business in Zimbabwe, this is a smart move because they will need to now play ball with Zimbabwe in order to invest in Zimbabwe. So if you haven't got gold reserves or equivalent, you can't do business in Zimbabwe. So for me, this will help improve the, situ the situation of the economy of Zimbabwe that has been decimated by over 20 or so years of Western sanctions that has nearly destroyed the country. But we are, we hope and we pray that this gold coin that to be used to back up Zimbabwe's currency, which is going to be released tomorrow, Monday the 25th, will help Zimbabwe progress. Because at the end of the day, it's about African self-determination. These sanctions that have been imposed on Zimbabwe because of African people taking their land back is, is anti-African emancipation. So what this gold coin represents, or the gold to back up the currency represents, is African taking their destiny into their own hands by coming up with a scheme that can help propel the economy and that can also, you know, encourage investment into the country, not necessarily by the West, but also by, you know, by their fellow African brothers and sisters. So for me, it is a very, very important move 
And if it goes well, this could be replicated by other African countries who have high deposits of gold, like Ghana, like South Africa, like even Nigeria have got gold. But we know the West is watching very carefully because this is a threat to their stranglehold over the African continent. And so we have to keep three eyes open, one eye open, on how the West are going to respond to this gold currency or this gold coin being used as a back for Zimbabwe's currency. Because don't forget, Mama Gaddafi did that on a bigger scale in trying to use gold to back up the whole African continent. And this is why Gaddafi was killed by the West because if that had planet had gone through, all of Africa commanders now you need to go to buy it. And the West hasn't got that much gold. And this is why Gaddafi was murdered because it was a direct threat to Western interests in Africa. And so it is very important to see how this uh, gold bat currency of Zimbabwe goes so that it is not derailed by the West and sabotaged by the West with some seller Africans to derail Zimbabwe's road to true emancipation. So I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode of African Focus with myself, Kwame, a Ghanaian broadcaster, journalist, podcast and entrepreneur. And if you like this podcast, please share, please subscribe. You can go on all the platforms, Google, Spotify, to subscribe and other platforms. And also please support the show by donating as little as one US dollar a month to help us keep on producing more content. So until next time, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you for some more Ghana in focus and some more Africa in focus.